Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Monday the 14th of November. Today, I'm joined by Agna Vaitkovicute, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hey there, Agna, how are you doing today? Hi, Peter, I'm doing well. Definitely better than Matt Hancock, who uh, apparently has gone bitten by a scorpion. <laughs> uh, how sad. I know. <laughs> <That's sad. laughs> um, I wonder who arranged that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, what uh, what story stood out for you in today's Watson's Daily? So today, I mean, it seems like most of the stories have been sort of a repeat of what's going on, been going on for the past week. So I decided yeah. to pick the autumn statement news story to prepare yeah. us for the week ahead on a bit yeah. of a somber note. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, Carry on. Okay. start the week off without gloom, doom and gloom. Otherwise, it yeah, doesn't yeah. feel right, does it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, the story was that, well, basically, Jeremy Hunt, Chancellor Jeremy Hunt, announced that there will be tax rises and spending cuts because the Office of Budget Responsibility had warned that UK pub- public borrowing will actually be 70 billion pounds larger than it was expected. Mm. So that would amount to 100 billion pounds of uh, public borrowing in 2026 to 2027 whereas in march they had predicted it would only be 30 around 30 yeah uh so yeah i mean it's it's not an easy position to be in for mm-hmm. the government and i think everyone knows that and there's no hiding from it there's no easy solution yeah so uh what i think was interesting about the story is that the government's clearly trying to be quite trying to manage expectations And especially for the markets, I mean, even Rishi said that, uh, Rishi Sudak said that the reason why they're trying to really cut uh, public spending and also increase taxes is to keep the markets happy and to try to ensure the world that the UK is is financially stable, especially compared Mm. to the last few months that we've had here. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really interesting because, of course, there is the G20 summit going on right now. Yeah. So especially when looking in about when looking at the UK's position in relation to the rest of the world economy, uh, definitely the government, I'm sure, wants to seem stable and in control of what's going on domestically. Mm. Especially since there's been some chatter about the UK being almost a mid-market economy, and I mean that's not great uh, PR for the for the government, especially if they, you know. Nobody's in a good economic situation right now, no. and it's uh, good to at least try <laughs> to make the economy stable, especially domestically. Of course, I mean, it is sad because cutting public set bending, we're hearing so many stories of, I mean, schools being understaffed, hospitals being understaffed, nurses going on strike, civil service going on strike, and there's just no easy way to make everyone happy basically and mm. keep spending high because it's just impossible like mm. either way will deteriorate so at least the government is being realistic i think and what i thought was interesting as well was that they said that everyone will face tax increases so as you mm-hmm. said in the daily there will be a lot of speculation because i'm sure they don't want to go against the tory line and say oh we will mm. tax the rich but it is inevitable that they will have to probably by what it sounds like but also, I mean, they can't make people who are in a cost of living crisis pay too much because there's just no money. Yeah. So it's a bit of a sombering <laughs> story. But at the same time, I think it's really important to talk about it and be conscious of it because there is no easy solution. And 
hopefully at least this will get something done, even if it will not make everyone happy. And even though there are tough times ahead. Yeah. What do you think about the story? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is a tough one, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I have to say, as a, as a side note, I do wonder how much fun uh, the office party for the uh, Christmas party for the office bu- uh, for budget responsibility <laughs> is. I mean, I'm presuming that they're sitting around um, uh, eating sandwiches at lunchtime or something <laughs> with a uh, with a can of Coke or something. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't sound like it'd be great fun uh, to work there. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it must not be very. Uh, no, not a lot no. of office perks, I can imagine. <laughs> no, no, no. Sadly, not for them. But anyway, <laughs> no. I think that you know this is interesting. I think this is you know typical kind of. Um, bringing, uh, you know, it, this is a typical thing where I think that the, um, uh, you know, management, uh, mm-hmm. tends to manage down expectations, mm-hmm. um, ahead of something not very nice coming. And then maybe, maybe, you know, something very tiny bit better than that, uh, coming through, which means that people are more likely to accept it because they were expecting something worse. So I don't know, obviously I don't know what they're going to be saying. There's going to be loads of, um, there's going to be loads of speculation. Um, But, you know, in another kind of way, I do feel that um, uh, this may be easier to put through than maybe would have been the case otherwise. And what I mean by that is in a way I think that maybe Liz Truss did Rishi Sunak mm. and Jeremy mm-hmm. Hunt a big favour. Oh, yeah. Um, by, you know, ostensibly introducing policies that were more growth-focused rather yeah. than um, austerity-focused. Mm-hmm. And I think that what this means is is that any criticism that, we we can't do austerity now. We need to go for growth. Is mm-hmm. going to have less power because we've it, in the immediate past we have seen what has happened yeah. when those policies come in. Now, okay, it's not exactly like that, but it's a bit. I do feel that there are that this could have helped. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, could have helped <laughs> them because you know had someone come in, uh, you know had you know Sunak come in. And had been more, you know, like, okay, mm-hmm. austerity people, this is what we're going for. Um, then maybe he would have had a lot of criticism, you know. Yeah, but I do, exactly. but I, but I do think that, you know, maybe this is, it's the case um, yeah. that um, I think, oh, I think the police are coming for you. Yep. Is it, <laughs> so I, you think too much Matt, I think Matt, I think Matt Hancock complains. He oh, just no. Heard, <laughs> He just heard. He just heard it was you that sent. sent Did the I hurt his ego? No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, but no, I I do think that it is. Um, you know, I do mm. I do think that maybe it will be slightly easier for them to implement stuff. And yeah. the fact that he's now softening the ground for, um, you know, the burden to be spread more broadly. You know, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it is interesting. Um, and obviously, we're going to see soon enough what's hap- going to happen. Yeah, I think it definitely showed with the list trust government that perhaps they did bite off more than they could chew. Yeah. For reason, the conservatives and trying to, um, yeah, like try to expand too quickly. And I think it was very humbling yeah. for it all to go crashing down. So, I mean, it's good news for Rishi Sunak. Yeah. I mean, as long as we'll see, I mean, of course, what is announced and how the public reacts. But yeah, yeah I do think that in the end of the day, everyone, well, the public will realize 
I mean, whenever you read the news, there doesn't seem to be anything good going on. So maybe in once whatever is announced, they'll just take the bitter pill yeah. and suck it up and hope for the best. And yeah. but I mean, of course, the actual implications of it are really, really disheartening when you realize when people can't eat or heat their homes. But yeah. there's no, there's just no easy solution. I do think like you can't. Yeah, it's just been a continuation of things mm. that has led to this point, and this might mm. be just the only solution well one of the better solutions i'll put it mm. that way never seen mm. one. yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah so i mean i do think uh we're going to see soon enough um it, the you know the big day is going to be thursday um yep. <laughs> and uh there's no there's no more putting it off now and um you know we'll see what we'll we'll just have to wait won't we yeah, and hopefully it'll be something done rather than just stalling and umming and eyeing and going in around yeah. the elephant in the room, I guess, to be Yeah, safe. yeah, absolutely. On a more happier note then, Peter, what is your story today? <laughs> um, so I'm going to be talking about uh, Mike Ashley, uh, who oh, is yes. who was the, uh, you know, what, uh, was the founder of Fraser's Group, which has now become, uh, sorry, uh, uh, the founder of Sports which Direct, is- which has now become Fraser's Group. Um, which he has supposedly taken, you know, uh, left mm-hmm. um, in that, you know, he was uh, a CEO, then he became chairman to make space for his son-in-law uh, to come in as as a chief exec. Um, and then he has supposedly stepped back. But at the end of the day, he's got something like 70% of the shares. I think that this is just means that, you know, he can step back. Um, and this gives him quite a nice little role in terms well, I say no nice major role in terms of doing deal make he can concentrate a bit more on deal making whereas his son-in-law can concentrate on the day-to-day plus he maybe has less you know the, the son-in-law has perhaps slightly less baggage because some people just don't like Mike Ashley yeah. and he can be <laughs> he can be seen as maybe the 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 nice the sort of uh the newer face yeah good cop kind yes exactly exactly so anyway mike ashley um is uh for you know phrases group is looking at buying uh now i don't know how to say this but geeves and hawks or jeeves and hawks i don't quite know so i don't know if it's a hard g or or a a soft g but anyway i'll call it jeeves and hawks for the purpose of this (laughs) podcast and if i'm wrong i apologize to everyone in advance but anyway he's by it looks like he's going to buy jeeves and hawks Mm -hmm. jeeves and hawks is uh has been put up for sale earlier this year because its previous hong kong based owner fell into liquidation um, this means that presumably Mike Ashley is getting it dirt cheap because he is effectively he is a very very good negotiator. Yeah. Everyone knows that this has been up for sale for a while. Yeah. Um, things aren't looking good on the in the economy, so you can imagine that he's going to be really um, uh, you know uh, putting pressure down on the on the, any kind of purchase price. Now um, it is pretty interesting how many kinds of brands that. Um, that uh, you know that are under the wing of Fraser's group now not everyone will realize quite how many um, brands that they have but I mean I I did joke this morning in Watson's Daily about how you could cycle to work on your bike that you bought at Evans Cycles wearing your Agent Provocateur underwear (laughs) although it'd probably be fairly uncomfortable uh, between <laughs> Jack Will's sweatpants, Jeeves and the Hawks suit jacket, and potentially some kind of uh, Hugo Boss shirt underneath, because Why he hasn't look? got it. He hasn't <laughs> yeah. got 
he hasn't got it, but yes. he's got a big stake in it. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, there's there's loads. He's got, you know, I mean, I'm just looking on here on Wikipedia, um, yeah. which is just shows how many brands he has. So, or he has, or how you know what he's got, um, you know what he's got available. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, you've, you know, there are there is there are so many brands on there which I think everyone will know and think, wow, haven't heard of them for ages. Yeah. Um, so things like Everlast and Lonsdale, which are kind of boxing, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, they're boxing kind yeah. of stuff, um, <laughs> and. Uh, you know Samuel L. Jackson, Can Kangol. Mm. I mean, you always think of Kangol when you see Samuel L. Jackson because he's always wearing one of those hats yeah. turned backwards. Um, Carrymore, he's got. I mean, there's just loads. There's got low. He's got loads. Slazenger, um, uh, what was it Dunlop? I think he's got. Yeah, it's just, just loads mm-hmm. of these things, and it just seems to me. So this is just, you know, this is mm. just speculation on my part, but. I feel that he has so many potentially interesting brands under his wing. And yes, they could go to flannels, which is kind of a high end uh, apparel retailer. But I don't know. I feel like flannels itself. I think it's a, it's a rubbish name. (laughs) And I think that, you know, you could do something. You could just maybe rebrand, call it something else. And, you know, you could have some pretty cool stuff in there. I mean, you, you know, you could bring it all together under one roof. It, in a mm. way, be the the sort of uh, department store of clothes. You know, yeah. like have them all together under one roof. Make it. You know, you could make it quite exciting, um, and then you just attract more people to it. And I think that um, you know, in a way, in a way, I feel that phrases is almost kind of becoming a poor man's LVMH you know I mean (laughs) you've got so many potential brands in there I mean they're not high high end although Mm -hmm. funnily enough it seems that as time goes on he is getting higher end Um, and Mm -hmm. um, and you know criticism that he's faced at um, Fraser's group Mm -hmm. which so in the past you've had Nike and Adidas saying we don't really want to work with you because you pilot high sell it cheap at sports direct it's not very good for our image but if he had something like flannels but called it something else (laughs) um and did that you know maybe they would do you could do exclusive deals like you know adidas could you know supply not yeezy trainers obviously at the moment but you know (laughs) (laughs) something you know something else you know i mean could do exclusive lines it could all become quite exciting more Mm. buzz and i think that you know because there would be and 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 who knows maybe you know younger uh designers and things would be actually quite interested to work in that but uh but anyway what do you think though yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a bit like a pick and mix at this point. Like, I'm just looking at mm-hmm. these brands. You could really just, there's so much potential to be creative and to really, for Mike Ashley, to really get into the current trends that are going on in fashion. Like, fashion mm-hmm. is a booming industry right now in every sense and shape. I mean, from the stories from last week, we saw that there's high-end brands that are still, a lot of the wealthier people are still buying high-end brands like Watches of Switzerland and, I mean, Ralph Lauren. Uh, but mm, also, sure, yeah. I mean, there's the whole fast fashion side on the other hand, where there's a younger consumer base that wants to get new clothes and be new style and mm. try to get really fast and quick. 
And I think what could be really interesting, especially as he purchased such a historical store, is that there's a potential to make a new style almost, almost to revive like the classical suits, let's say, mm-hmm. and sort of cater into this whole new trend or make a new trend and have even celebrities or influencers kind of help out. Of course, it is on Savile Row, so it is mm-hmm. still a bit more, seems a bit more exclusive and limited. But nevertheless, mm. there could be potential to also play into the whole work from home and casual mm. dress trends that are going on now. I mean, people in offices aren't as strict on very formal wear. Of course, people still do wear suits, mm. but maybe playing into that and mixing the athleisure trend with something a bit more high end. Mm. And really, there's so much potential to target different consumer bases. So I definitely mm. think it would be interesting if you get this massive department store almost or like sort of have the amalgamation of the brands in one mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And especially in a world where we're so overburdened with so much different stimulus and so many different brands mm. and everything, he could really benefit from simplifying and yeah. instead of overstretching himself. Yeah. It's really kind of getting all these brands, mixing them together and putting them in more coherent and cohesive but department store and that would make consumers happy because they have everything in one space there's not such an overload of fashion which also is not not everybody's cup of tea yeah and it could be it could be really successful yeah that's really interesting who knew he'd be a fashion industry icon maybe potentially (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely i mean um you know it is it is possible that's the thing isn't it i mean i think one of the reasons why geeves and jeeves and hawks is as uh you know, has fallen by the wayside over the years is like you say, this whole athleisure thing and people just not really wearing suits as much as they used to. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, you know, maybe there's a space in the market to combine the athleisure and formal wear uh, thing, because I remember a few years ago, I saw something on Twitter. So it's got to be true. Um, that, um, there was a, a company, there was a company that, um, made something called a, uh, a suitsy, oh. which is, which is basically <laughs> a onesie, but it's a suit. Oh. So, so, you know, you can, you can be very comfortable, but also yeah. look, look formal, uh, at the same time. And it was really weird. It was oh like, to say like a, you know, suit, trousers, and jacket, and a shirt, but you just zipped it up at the front. Although uh, I think it even might even have come with a clip-on tie oh, for people. Wow, who are, fancy for people. Yeah, for people who are incredibly lazy, um, who just don't really want to be doing with tying their own tie. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I thought that was quite an interesting thing that uh, sadly I've not seen since. Or what a shame. <laughs> or who knows, maybe they've actually become very sophisticated oh. and there are many people walking around with the wearing these things, um, but they're so good you can't tell. Can't tell. Um, Just blending in. Maybe exactly. maybe they'll make a comeback now. Mike Ashley with the suitsy. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Mike Ashley suitsy <laughs> coming to a, a flannels called something else for you. Um oh. But there you go. Yeah. So anyway, so I think it's, you know, um, interesting times. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what happens. I think whether he buys it or not, I mean, at the end of the day, I think he's got to do something more with the with the brands that he has, um, you know, to get the most out of them and to make, you know, some of them um, to 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 help with House of Phrases, yeah, of course. Sure. So, you know, I feel like with this new 
acquisition like i mean i feel like it could add a lot of historical value and there's there's a lot of value to that, that cultural side so we could also play on that which i feel mm. like would generate a uniqueness mm. and maybe try to bring back at least some honor to the culture but i feel like there is a lot of value in the historical suit shop yeah. Yeah. so if he could find a way to make that popular and cool i would yeah. say that would honestly i think really hit it off especially with house of yeah. fraser it's the name itself sounds yeah. quite posh and sophisticated so yeah. he can make that appeal to the middle class people who have perhaps don't have so much money right now in yeah. the precarious like economic environment but at the same time still want to look good and feel good have a bit of retail therapy yeah be really interesting whilst also looking classy so you know who knows absolutely. so absolutely. much potential <laughs> absolutely and to be honest though i would say my cash is not the person to do that he's, yeah. the, person, <laughs> he's the person to do the deals but you wouldn't want him to be the leader of fashion i don't yeah, think but, maybe uh, not. i'm not being i'm not being bitchy there i'm just saying <laughs> we, everyone's got their strengths right so i don't i wouldn't i would suggest that he that's p- perhaps not his strength but uh he gets someone in you can i'm sure he can pay i'm someone. sure he could i mean with yeah. all that he has i'm sure that can't be yeah. difficult yeah but anyway um yeah we'll see so, yeah we'll see soon enough um and um yeah so you know there's a there's a few things to watch uh, watch out for this week um as is you know traditional um at the moment um i've just got to say i am doing a um a, a commercial awareness boot camp Ooh. this saturday mm-hmm. um with jake shogger the commercial law academy so if anyone who's listening to this is a um a wannabe lawyer or junior lawyer or but may, i'd say mainly if you are looking to get into the profession mm-hmm. um this would be a really good thing for you to do Absolutely. uh everyone is goes on about um commercial awareness and you know this is a very good way of getting yourself into it making sure that you are spending um your time as efficiently as possible when upping your game in terms of commercial awareness knowledge so if you want that please go to um i mean it's on our socials it's on commercial law academy socials so um please take a look hopefully see you there on saturday Anyway, thank you very much indeed, Agna. Um, great fun, and uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Bye. Many thanks. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.